Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, all right. We have spent the last 10 months, 40 weeks, working our way through the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. Now, if you're unfamiliar with it, the Sermon on the Mount is the summary of Jesus' kingdom ethic for his followers. So if Christians only had three chapters of the Bible with which to determine how they should live their lives... Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount would be it. And in it, Jesus talks about the qualities, the characteristics, the attitudes, and the behaviors of people who follow him. And honestly, it's probably one of the most powerful and transformative collections of teachings, moral teachings, in all of history. But more than a collection of teachings, this, the Sermon on the Mount, is Jesus' manifesto of what his kingdom should and will look like. Now, one of the most important things in Jesus' kingdom is how people treat one another. People matter to Jesus a lot. And as we're approaching the final sections of teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, he turns his attention to an issue that was clearly of huge importance to him in how his followers relate to other people. And that issue is judging and condemning others. He starts this final section of teaching on human relationships in his kingdom by saying this in Matthew 7, verse 1 through 2. He says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So when you just look at this, it's cut and dry, right? Don't judge other people. But somehow... That message hasn't sunk in. In a recent survey of people between 16 and 29 in the United States, nearly 90% said that Christians are judgmental. That's the number one quality they're known for, that they like to criticize and condemn people for how they choose to live their lives. The number one perception of the church is that it judges people. Now, you'd think it would be the opposite, considering Jesus's command to his followers to not judge, but it isn't. So over the last several weeks, we've talked about judgment and condemnation. And today, we're going to talk about a section of Jesus's teaching that I think is one of the hardest to understand in all of the Gospels, really almost in all of Jesus's teachings. And I think this passage is one that many people have misunderstood. And that passage is this, Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred, Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So on the surface, there have always been a lot of things related to this passage that for me have been very problematic. First off, it appears that Jesus is calling some people dogs and pigs. And that sounds really derogatory especially when you consider the historical context. I mean, check this out. Pigs were unclean animals to the Jews. So calling a person a pig could be read as really insulting. And and dogs was a term that was regularly used by religious Jews to describe Gentiles or anyone, anyone else who wasn't Jewish. I mean, could you imagine if it was common practice for Christians in the United States to call anyone who didn't follow Jesus a dog? I mean, super insulting, right? And that's been a thing that I've honestly always struggled with in this verse. 
Another thing that I've struggled with is how this verse has been interpreted. I was always taught that what Jesus is essentially saying here is that people who don't value spiritual and eternal things are in the category of dogs and pigs. And that we shouldn't waste our time trying to help people who don't value the gospel or the truth that we're trying to offer them. Many read this as saying that there are people who will not respect what we are offering them, and therefore, they are not worthy of the good spiritual things that we're trying to share with them. In fact, there are videos and sermons like this one all over the internet showing how you can tell if a person is a spiritual pig who you shouldn't waste your time on. At heart, I think this passage has been interpreted as a matter of some people's worthiness. But that doesn't make sense because isn't that just another way of judging people? I mean, how can Jesus say, do not judge, and then turn around and say, well, except for people who don't receive the gospel. I mean, them you should judge as dogs and pigs. That has never made sense to me. In addition to that, it, it just doesn't line up with anything else that Jesus taught or how he lived his life. So if we're going to live like he lived and think like he thought and do what he taught, I think we need to take a second look at this passage and how it fits in with what came before it, especially in Matthew chapter 7, specifically about judging others. So let's do this. Let's take a look at this verse again. So Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So if there's anything that we have learned, especially going through the Sermon on the Mount, it's that Jesus was a master at creating metaphors and creating these stunning visual images with stories in order to communicate spiritual truths. And what if he isn't describing people using derogatory language, but what if instead he's actually creating a visual image of giving sacred and valuable things to actual animals? I mean, for example, I have a dog named Echo and I love her a ton and we do our best to take care of her by giving her what she needs. Now imagine if one morning, instead of putting dog food in her bowl, I got up and I put in a $100 bill. And then the next day I get up and I do the same thing. No food, but another $100 bill. Third day I do the same. And then that night, when I'm cooking steaks for dinner, I cut off a piece of that steak, I look in her face and I eat that piece of steak right in front of her. And then instead of offering her a bite of steak, I offer her another $100 bill. I mean, I've literally offered her $400 over the last three days. That's a lot. It's valuable. But how do you think Echo would respond? Well, we don't have to guess because the internet has the answer to everything. I'm gonna show you some videos. These people here, they fed their dogs, but they only gave them two little pieces of food instead of a whole bowl. And look at how these dogs reacted.
right? Okay, and then there are people who did another challenge where they pretended to give their dogs a treat, but there was nothing in their hands. And again, look at how the dogs react. Scary, right? So what are these videos telling us? That dogs get frustrated and even angry when they don't get what they need from the people who are caring for them. So how would my dog Echo feel if I fed her $100 bills instead of cheap dog food? She would feel hungry, frustrated, maybe even angry. Why? Because money is not helpful to her. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't get that she could be eating in style for a long time on Kobe beef for $400, I think. I've never priced Kobe beef. But all she knows is that she's hungry and needs food, not money. And this is Jesus's point. It's not that some people aren't worthy of the pearls that we are offering. It's that the pearls we are pushing on them are not helpful. What Jesus is talking about here is our tendency to push the things of God, good, precious, and spiritual things, on people who are just not ready to receive them yet. They aren't in a place where they can receive any nourishment from those things. Like my dog with dollar bills or a pig with pearls, they're not at a place where those things hold any value for them yet. And yet, when we push our valuable things onto people for whom they aren't helpful, all we're doing is frustrating them, making them angry, and honestly, damaging our relationship with them, all the while doing literally nothing to nourish them. Now, I think this is summed up best in the modern Christian life by the I love you but conversation. You know, these are the conversations we have with people in our lives who we care about, but we need to make sure that they know where they are off and we need to make sure they know what we believe. Where, the things where we feel compelled to speak the truth in love. And so those conversations go some, something like this. I love you, but divorce is outside of God's will. I love you, but you need to know that having sex outside of marriage is wrong. I love you, but same-sex relations are sinful. So here, read this book. The I love you, but conversation. We use them to push our religious and spiritual, spiritual pearls onto people by saying, I love you, but, and then when we do it, we feel really satisfied, right? We feel satisfied with ourselves for standing up for the truth, standing up for good doctrine in the Bible without ever realizing that what we did wasn't helpful or nourishing for the people that we just pushed our pearls onto. We do it without realizing that when we say, I love you, but, what we're really saying is, I love my pearls, but I'm not willing to love you by listening to you, discovering what is helpful to you right now, or investing in your life so that when you actually are ready for my pearls, it might be helpful. And we don't realize that what they actually hear is, I love you, but I don't really love you. I love my pearl. Jesus had more to say about people like this in Luke eleven forty six. 46. Yes, said Jesus. 
What sorrow awaits you experts in religious law, for you crush people with unbearable religious demands, and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. Now, I don't think Jesus would have said that the religious demands of the Jewish scripture were bad. I mean, Jesus lived by them. He knew them. He claimed to have fulfilled them. To him, the demands of of the Jewish law were pearls. But he harshly criticized the Pharisees and religious people who pushed the pearls of Jewish scripture onto people, creating burdens for them that they weren't equipped to carry, and then did nothing to help ease that burden. They were pearl pushers who didn't care to realize that the people weren't ready to be nourished by them yet. They were pushing good and sacred things onto people for whom those things were not helpful at all. Like a dog who in the moment needs food rather than money, people were being given these good religious things that did nothing but create a burden. And this idea is summarized in James chapter 2, verse 15. And James writes this. He says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? I mean, for us, giving a homeless person a Bible isn't helpful, but buying them a pair of shoes is. Holding up a sign that says abortion is murder in front of a Planned Parenthood isn't helpful to a single pregnant teenage girl. But driving her to her appointments and helping her get maternity clothes is. Making sure LGBTQ people know that their lifestyle is a sin isn't helpful. But getting to know their family and inviting them fully into Christian community to worship and follow Jesus together with you is helpful. Preaching on a street corner that people are going to hell isn't helpful. But developing and investing in a friendship with someone who doesn't know Jesus with no other motive other than simply to know and love them, it is. And here's the thing. Pearls are not always helpful, but relational love is. The relational love Jesus has called us to is always helpful. Because this is the way of Jesus. And I know that this is challenging to hear, especially for those of us who are really religious, because this has been the way of cultural Christians for a long time. But this is not the way of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is to provide people with what they need, what is nourishing to them, and then to trust God for the opportunity to present our pearls to them when those pearls are helpful. I mean, that's what God did for us, isn't it? He gave us the greatest pearl of all time in Jesus. And he gave Jesus to a people who trampled and disrespected him. But Jesus didn't come in force, demanding allegiance to his truth. He came quietly in humility. He came avoiding the power of position and and embracing the presence of meaningful relationships with people. He didn't come with condemnation, but with invitation. Jesus actually told people who he had healed not to tell anyone else about it. Why? Because there were people who just weren't ready for his pearl yet. At its heart, condemnation and pearl pushing are flip sides of the same coin. 
Both of them show a lack of trust in God to do his work in people's lives. And they make it so that we feel like we have to step into God's seat. And whether we step into God's role of judging people for what they're doing wrong, or we step into God's role of revealing his truth to people, all of it is just showing that we don't trust God to do either. And someone has to, so it might as well be me. And if God isn't going to have the I love you but conversation with that person, then somebody has to, right? But at the end of the day, pushing our spiritual good things on people who don't want them and aren't ready for them, and most of all won't be nourished by them, it will only cause them to turn on us. I mean, just like a dog getting fake treats, it only causes that person to mistrust the very people who God has called to care for them. Like a child who's been raised in a legalistic Christian home, but one devoid of nurturing love, it drives them away from the good things that have been forced on them their whole lives. Because what they really needed was nourishing relational love more than they needed cold, hard doctrinal truth. In fact, Nourishing relational love is the very soil in which truth can be planted in such a way that it is then able to grow. And that's Jesus' point. There are no spiritual pigs or people unworthy of the pearls that we have been given because they don't appreciate those spiritual things enough. There are just people who God loves, who he's called us to love in helpful ways. And he's calling us to create an environment of love in which our pearls are helpful and transformative, where the gospel in word actually makes sense. Because we've already lived out the gospel in action and in love in our relationship with them. So as we wrap up this message and this series, let's ask ourselves this question. Are our good things helpful to the people that we're pushing them on? And if not, man, let's dial back our rhetoric. Dial back our intense desire to make sure that people know exactly what is right and what's true. Let's dial back our dogmatic expressions of religion. And instead, let's cultivate the relational soil of love in which our pearls can be planted in people's lives. Let's make sure people know that we love them so that they can actually value the pearls we so desperately want to share with them. Let's believe in and trust in every single person's inherent worth, worth that God has placed on them, worth that does not go away just because they don't value the pearls that we think they should value. Let's live in relationship with people that doesn't end the second that they disagree with our doctrine or our dogma. Let's not jump ship and bail on our relationship with people because their values don't completely line up with ours. Instead, let's live in, in loving and nurturing relationship with people so that the soil of our lives can be developed in love in such a way that the pearls God has given us can be planted and grow in truth. Let's be done with judgment. Let's be done with condemnation. Let's be done with taking God's role of trying to force truth down people's throats. And let's instead embrace the kingdom role that he has called us to, to love our neighbor as ourself. As we do that, let's see what God does in our church and in our community. I'm so glad you joined me today, and I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com. 